0: Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins, and welcome to Life, Death, and the Space Between podcast. I'm a clinical psychologist and medium, and here we explore life, death, consciousness, and what it all means. Today, I have Fred Motzer on the show. Fred is the founder and chairman of the Fred Foundation and a leading Dutch humanitarian. He has been active in social and ecological transformation and is the founder or co-founder of a wide range of charitable foundations that span the fields of health, environment, nature conservation, peace, and global transformation. The principles underlying these foundations are based on inspiring co-creativity, self-sufficiently, empowerment, inspiration, and harmony. And he is the author of a new book, Beyond Us. Welcome, Fred. Thank
1: you, dear Amy.
0: Hi, everybody. I just wanted to thank you all for your continuing support of the show and for passing forward my podcast. My podcast has grown only because of my listeners. So I just want to give you a moment to tell you how much I appreciate you and what you have done for me to help me grow. And I'm excited to say that I am now a featured creator on Fireside. Fireside is an app that allows the audience to be part of the process. So I will be hosting shows over on Fireside where you can listen live to the show. You can also ask questions of the guests. If you find me on Instagram at Dr. Amy Robbins, you can link to my Fireside bio there, and you'll be able to download the app through that also, if you haven't subscribed to my newsletter yet, please do so at dramyrobins.com. I'm going to be switching to bi weekly uh, newsletters, so you won't be getting them weekly anymore, but you will be getting bi weekly newsletters with my soul wisdom and other fun tidbits that I'm going to bring to you all. So go ahead, follow me on Instagram, find me on Fireside. You will also still be able to hear your podcasts as you are used to listening to them on Apple or Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts. But Fireside gives you the opportunity to listen live with me. So I would love to have you come join me over there. DM me if you have any questions. And thanks again for your continued support. So today, I always like to read the books and kind of get into the meat of, of a lot of what you write about. So can you start by telling us how Beyond Us can help people who are struggling right now to make sense of what seems like probably one of the most chaotic times in certainly my lifetime? <clears throat> um, can you speak to that for us?
1: I'll, uh, I'll try. Um, With Beyond Us, I aim to a little bit challenge the mind and hearts of people that through society, through humanity, we are so often forced in making choices. And if we help to develop or open up our consciousness more and ask ourselves the question, Even if a million roads are offered to us to go and walk on, there are still billions of other ways to approach a question or to go through life. One of the things, for example, is that many people among us think that the mental faculty is equal to consciousness. Uh, First of all, I don't see that the brain uh, creates consciousness, but that consciousness doesn't have its fault, doesn't know time, doesn't know space. So, humanity, the planet, the universe, is an expression of consciousness. We're all trained to use our mind and we express the mind in words and in numbers, and so we can compare, make comparisons and share with other people and communicate through words and numbers. But remember, one day we all were babies and we did not have words, we didn't have numbers, until by looking at the gestures of the baby, and making our own gestures, facial expression, smiles on faces we can, like dogs, we can communicate beyond words with children. So in our society, more or less, our thinking capacity um, has hijacked the consciousness. We have learned to trust, sorry, hijacked, I said consciousness, hijacked the mental faculty. Um, And what I'm trying in the book is to open up and help, to be aware that we also have our feeling capacity and through our feeling capacity we can get in touch with our intuition and intuition is a direct way to be connected with the unseen and often it is a wonderful navigator to interact with people and beyond people with the environment and even beyond.
0: Can I ask you, can I stop you for a second and just ask you, because you said something about our, our collective consciousness is, is or you, you said something about um, there being like a connection between sort of the collective and the consciousness that's out there right now. And so yeah, how do you think of that in terms of what's happening in the world today and like what that says about our consciousness?
1: Yeah, first of all, I don't think I used the word collective
0: Yeah, you didn't use the word collective. I
1: but put the-, the, the, the consciousness is infinite. And um, in the world of humans, and by the way, we are one of the millions and millions of forms of expressions of life, mankind is, we are trained to only go through the small sector of our mental faculty. We are not learned, we are not trained to trust the intuition and so we do it on a mass scale. So in a way we are aborted from our intuition or we have our intuition, but we often don't dare to act upon our intuition because it is a very private thing. It's an internal navigator that helps us to make choices as well.
0: How do you define intuition? And how do we know when it's intuition? How do we differentiate intuition from thought?
1: Thoughts are always formed after the event. is before the words, it's first an and then we frame it in words. But there's also something like faultlessness, but it's still awareness or consciousness. That's what I would call intuition. And that goes through the vibration of feelings and the optimum form of the use of feelings is to be able to have no emotions. So when you are, have no emotions, I often compare that to a cello. We play the cello and the string has no opinion, no emotion, nor the body of the cello has an opinion and does no emotion. Basically, it's the superb letting go to that what is called matter, this dating represented by a string and the body. I'm not saying that an emotion is a bad thing. We all, and I have it, emotions all the time, but in a way, emotions take us away from the totality of the feeling of the whole that we can be connected with. So if we look at our emotions and we, we um, gently bring our attention to the emotions, it melts away and we can come back in our feelings. Emotions for me go parallel with judgments and feelings go parallel with the power to discern. And the power of discernment I relate to be able to be that free that you can take decisions in the interest of the whole and all. An emotional decision always is limited by the effect of the... In the, the, the fact that is underlying the emotion.
0: So, can you? So, how do you differentiate? Because I'm a therapist between feelings and emotions.
1: Well, the, the the feeling is in a way the innocent body of the cello, or the innocent of the body of myself. The block on the feeling is like in my body is like the chewing gum on the body of the bass or the fellow, And so it plays a tiny bit full. And, even, and of many people, including me, we, we are played or we play ourselves full so often, but if we go without a judgment into what hinders us, the chewing gum or the emotion, and we get clarity what is the root of the emotion, it will melt away. Because in principle, attention is love, with unconditional love. If you are able to freely look at what hinders you. But if you're not even aware of that you have a block, you can be addicted to the block and it may feel very good, you know, and you go on and on and on. That's the way addiction starts and is is, is nurtured all the time.
0: So if I'm feeling, let's say, sadness, you're saying, let's get to the root of what that sadness is.
1: Yeah. Address the sadness. Go into the bath of sadness if you like it or not. But be there. Go and through that, follow that line into your sadness. Have the courage to continue. And if you don't, it's fine as well. It may be need time, it may need many, many years, many weeks, many hours, I don't know. But one day, you will come there, and then you have options like, are you willing and able to forgive yourself? Forgiveness is a form of letting go. Remember, the fellow didn't have an opinion because it just lets go all the time. If there's no chewing gum, if there's no emotion.
0: hmm So in the book, you talk about functional comparison. How can that help us? Because I really liked this this thought.
1: The whole idea is when you make decisions, you have a tableau of options. And if you tune in yourself to the highest of the highest of the available feelings, information will be given to you you make the decision that is the most close to the interest of the whole and all. Thy will be done. I mean, in many, many, many religions, it's encrypted.
0: So, so it's the notion of, like, what is sort of... You, so the decisions that you're making when you tap into them are the decisions that are best for the whole.
1: Yeah, when you're tapping if, if into people your intuition. If that, I, I, I often look at Mother Teresa or the Dalai Lama. They're pretty close to being in a non-self-serving mode. And so they're very, It look like we are very free to make the right choices. And the right choices, then, choice that is in the interest of the whole and all and the furthest away of the ego the ego of yourself, of your group, of your soccer team, or your political party, or whatever it is. And I'm not saying that either one is good or bad. I mean, you said function, yes, it's about function. Is it functional or dysfunctional? And to whatever, what degree is it dysfunctional?
0: Okay, so I think that this makes sense to me. So if we are all sort of consciousness... And consciousness is the whole, then any decision we make that sort of, that we should be able to tap into our intuition, which is ultimately for the good of the whole, and then move forward from there. Yeah. Got it. Um, Okay. So when you're talking about, well, let's talk about consciousness for a minute. You say individuality is a hallucination on consciousness. What do you mean?
1: Yeah, if you limit yourself to your own consciousness, then that gives you in choices also the limitations of the individual.
0: Mm. Okay.
1: And I mean from the individual point of view, beyond you is always the altar. That's what is not your individual. So, you are in a way you're separated. But if you can, through training, see yourself as a part of the whole, things will change. Forget, don't forget cells in our body, and we have billions of cells in our body, they all also have a consciousness, and they live in our bodies between seven seconds and seven years I've been told, and these cells have the power to decide to die in order to keep the structure of the body and the spirit in place. And I think, as as humans, we also need to think and consider to be willing to die, because anyway we will die, to be able to serve the whole because it's like the cells. one day we will step out.
0: Mm -hmm. When you talk about intuition, you talk about things getting clogged up that, that prevents us from being able to tap into that. Yeah. Is that some of what you were talking about before? Like if we're feeling sort of this notion of real intense sadness that we that that then blocks us from being able to tap into the intuitive feeling because we're stuck in the emotion?
1: Yeah. First of all, it's very important that we have the mindset or the willingness to just accept that we feel sadness. And it is perhaps important to realize on the horizon that yes, yes, That blocks us from the consciousness of the whole. And then be patient with ourselves to go through the sadness. And that is a process of letting go, letting go, or building up, maybe even building up. It's in and out. And then a certain day, you hopefully find that the emotion has gone. But it, it's, a, it's an individual thing. It, it will evaporate one day by helping the total awareness to come through.
0: Hmm.
1: And silence, meditation, classical music, listening to classical music, walking in a forest, sitting in a warm bath with music, what I did last night, can be very, very healing.
0: So, okay, so you say in your book, I'm going to read this quote, you said, self-assurance is a defensive mask, a cloak and a compensatory maneuver carried out subliminally without even knowing it. At the end of the day, most of us are uncertain, confused, vulnerable, fearful and fearful most of the time for we are all together in this strange and frightful condition of being living beings who know they will one day die so why close hide and defend our inner feelings as if exploding to the outside world caused deadly harm so what are you what are you sort of saying in this because and and how do you how do you understand the difference between self-assurance and self-confidence? Like what's the difference there? And how do we know what's defensive and what's genuine?
1: Well, the last question, I don't know, but um, self-confidence, I meant here to use, yeah, you can, you basically, I see what you're trying to say. You can exchange both. They, they can flip, but what I try to say is um, self-confident in, in the highest context that uh, yes, consciousness runs through you and don't uh, be aware that you can be used by the lateral, by other, other people, by, uh, by, how do you call it, common uh, habits that are dysfunctional, but are very popular because you need to be part of the group. Mm -hmm. And if you really would be willing and dare to be yourself, to be authentic, then you may risk that the group will say, bye-bye, you're not part of us. You know, that uh, is a great example, say, in this way of expressing self-confidence. And he risked to be expelled by the group. And so it it happened. It happened. But he was sitting it out because he knew he was right in his authenticity of what he knew and what he was doing.
0: Gotcha. So so it is really about being authentic and holding integrity for who you are. Yeah. Not transforming to sort of meet the expectations of others.
1: Yeah. Sometimes it can be helpful, although you may may know that you are stepping sideways from authenticity, it can have a goal to um, gain confidence and so help other people to make a next step to Be more confident in themselves. If you start to be too quick sometimes, if that's your goal, and of course you can never enter the consciousness of somebody else, you can never change the behavior of somebody else, but you can vibrate feelings, you can uh, offer information to which the other person may feel to change for the better of that person. Because you're not trying to convince, but the other has the chance and freedom to be convinced.
0: So we can never enter someone else's consciousness, but yet we are all one consciousness.
1: Yeah, we are all within or under the umbrella Including ants, trees, crystals, rock, planet of a huge consciousness.
0: But in that consciousness, we each have our own individual consciousness that's connected okay. to the whole? Yeah.
1: Unless we are able to transcend so we can become transpersonal, where in a way the eye evaporates.
0: <clears throat> and what would that look like?
1: <laughs> yeah, I try to describe that in uh, the documentary Beyond Me. <clears throat> At the moment when I was in the kitchen and I I had so I I was given minuscule portion of condensed nutmeg, the invention of Dr. John Fogg, who was treated with that condensed nutmeg by a therapist that helped me 35 years ago. So what happened is now imagine there's a kitchen and there's one wall is not a wall, but it is a curtain. So I step up from my chair, <clears throat> and I walk through the curtain. And when I'm on the other side, I like I look back, and I don't see a curtain, I don't see a wall, I don't see anything. But my experience is a feeling of total bliss. It's like a spiritual orgasm. And what I tried to say with the curtain is not there, there was no beginning. There is no end. There was no end. It was infinite. It was as if I was in infinity while the I was not there. So, it lasted. Billions of years, but I forgot to say when before going out of the kitchen, the clock was three hours and ten minutes in the afternoon, and I'm on my watch, it was three hours, ten minutes, and ten seconds. So that's what we call real time. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And when I was beyond the curtain, all of a sudden a thought came into my mind and it said, why me? All of a sudden, I re-entered my identity and it was three hours, 10 minutes, and I don't know exactly, 20 or 22 seconds. So that two separate things running, the finite, well, seconds, and the other side, which was more real than Any second in time, in the so called real time, in my experience.
0: So, how do you see growth?
1: Well, growth I see as the development, taking away of my values, the development of my consciousness in order to experience love and to learn to act accordingly. Which means that in a total developed consciousness I will be or may be able to take decisions in the whole of all. Which means healing. Healing is to become one out of dualism, become one with the whole. That's the essence of healing.
0: Okay. So this is really asking us, beyond us, I guess, how we become one with the whole and how we see ourselves as one with the whole.
1: Yeah. Basically, That's very hard point. for humans. Yeah, for me too.
0: <laughs> so, so
1: basically, it's letting go of fear. Like Gary Jambolsky, a friend of mine, who was uh, one of the ambassadors of the Court of Miracles, he wrote a book that sold 10, 50 million copies. Love is letting go of fear. Where there is fear, there is no love. Where there is love, there is no fear. Since mm-hmm. I read it in '83, I was always right.
0: So it's mm-hmm. about letting go of the fear.
1: Letting go of the fear.
0: And what do you think that fear ultimately is at our core?
1: That's any block that keeps us away from experiencing unconditional love.
0: Okay. So anything that keeps us away from experiencing unconditional love is fear. Yep. i got to write that down. Anything that keeps us away from unconditional love is fear.
1: So uh, now we go very deep. What is fear? Fear is a term used in the field of psychology among others.
0: Fear is a term fear. what? Sorry? I, I couldn't hear you. Fear is a term that...
1: Often used in psychology. Right. a lot of. But if we look at the essence of fear, it's resistance. And what is resistance in physics? It's any form of matter. Being it dense or subtle. Dense, deep in our planet... Or deep in the ocean, or at the most subtle fields at the edges of the universe, where you see particles, atoms, eons, or whatever. Still, it's part of the finite. So, there's nothing wrong with resistance, because anyway, we all are born into resistance. So, and you, so it is from a materialistic point of view, that we are part of duality. Because what is resistance? It's the energy that goes between the poles, plus and minus. Mm -hmm. Male principle, female principle. Giving, receiving. Mental power um, and intuitive power. It is the physical power and the power of vulnerability without which there is no life possible, that no weakness, vulnerability is a power. If we develop our consciousness, we see and act upon the dynamic balance between those poles, we can re-enter from dualism, materialism, to non-dualism and idealism, to become Mm. one with the whole and the whole. Mm.
0: So is that, you, in your book, you talk about the many problems with society. Do you see that as the solution?
1: Yes. We have a foundation, a new foundation called Essentia, which aims to um, change the dominating worldview. The dominating worldview is a materialistic worldview, and it's represented by 99% of the scientists. And what I read is, when the dominant scientific paradigma is there, then society, as a cascade, follows that dominant philosophy, in this case, of materialism. Mm. Centre Foundation aims to bring, in the highest possible scientific terms, information forward that the guest or of which we think we know that materialism is not a reality, but the real reality is idealism and non-dualism.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. non-dualism. So if people are interested in hearing more about your work and what you do, where can they find you?
1: Um well, I'm not so good at it, the Fred Foundation. At, at what? Fredfoundation.org. Um, You can also go to Accentia Foundation. Foundation. That's a good entry.
0: I will have all of this in my show notes as well. And your new book, Beyond Us, is out now. It is. Well, thank you, Fred, so much for your time today.
1: Thank you so much, Amy. Happy. I wish you a wonderful day with miles of smiles, wrinkles of twinkles, <laughs> and lots, lots of love.
0: Thank you, you as well. Thank you. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Wondering what comes next and what it all means? Head over to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Also, if you could take a minute to rate and review my podcast, I would really appreciate it. Stay tuned as we continue to explore life, death, and the space between.